Hey, hey, welcome to the First Gen Realness Podcast. My name is Ananjay Conte, and I'm super thrilled you're here lending me your ears and joining in on this really important conversation. We're here to discuss all things related to the first generation American experience, education, money, business, navigating cultures, and really just living between two worlds while eating really awesome food. We'll chat about what it means to be first-generation Americans and why it's so important to share our stories and build more bridges. I hope that you'll leave this podcast feeling less alone, more connected, and holding your head just a little bit higher. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Uh, Thank you for listening to this uh, special bonus episode of the First Gen Realness Podcast. So... As of recording this, it is June 3rd, 2020, and we as a nation are experiencing this really, uh, I think, historic moment where people have had enough and people are tired. And by people, I mean me too. Um, You know, I have thought long and hard and often about the inequalities that black people face in the U.S. and having lived uh, 32 years of my life thus far as a black woman in the United States and being married to a black man, black American man, I am no stranger to what that means and I'm just, I'm not any different than any of my fellow uh, black folks uh, who have experienced a lot of prejudice and horrible situations. So I'm not going to bore you with all of that because I'm here and I'm breathing and my husband is here and breathing. And so at the end of the day, I am grateful that we are in one piece and healthy and happy and prospering. However, there is something that I want to talk about that, you know, I actually had this slated for another podcast and I'd like to get an actual expert on this or someone who's written more thoroughly about this uh, to talk about it. And I will, but I think this moment, um, warrants me digging into it a little bit and this is just going to be real, real short. So yesterday I'm pretty active, active on Twitter. If you guys don't know, uh, follow me on Twitter at a-N-J-I-E-K-O-N-T-E. But yesterday I woke up and I saw that Dominicans is trending on Twitter. And I was wondering why. And I kept seeing all of these posts about Dominicans think they're not black, which as a Afro-Latina, as a black Puerto Rican, uh, I can attest to there's a lot of colorism issues uh, in our community. You know, and I want to address this not only to the Afro-Latino community, but also just to the first generation American community that also happens to be black. I say this with humility and I've had my own struggles with this, right? Uh, But, you know, I struggled with fitting in with mainstream black culture. You know, I, my mom is not black, even though she has Afro-Latino family members. My dad is black, uh, but he is a recent addition to the U.S. He's a was born and raised in Africa and moved to the U.S. as an adult. He was like in his mid to late 20s when he came here. And so I really had to navigate, you know, wanting to fit in with the black kids 
particularly in middle and high school, I'd say. Uh, once I got to college, I didn't really care too much because I, I firmly um, fit into my identity. But before then, you know, it was really hard when I didn't get, uh, you know, the references to going to Baptist church and, ha- and sitting in church service for hours on the weekend. Uh, my parents are Catholic, so I went to mass for an hour and then got in and got out real quick. I didn't eat soul food. I didn't have greens until I had a black uh, boyfriend in college. And that was the first time I ever ate collard greens. Like we have similar things in Gambia, but it's not the same thing. It was always a bit different. And I would say that it was a bit of a challenge for me. And I think for a long time, despite the fact that I am very proud of my Gambian roots and I was raised to be so, uh, it was hard for me to kind of figure out how that fit in to it. And for a long time, I just didn't focus on it because I was just focusing on being fitting in with the crowd, right? So then, you know, I got to college and I kind of did a little bit of a 180 in that, you know, I I really honed in on uh, my... African culture. Um, now that I was more of an adult and I could research more, uh, and shout out to NYU, they have an amazing um, African literature section at their library. And so I was really deep into learning about my history and culture. And also, I've I've always been really firmly rooted in my Puerto Rican culture as well. And so I think I leaned into a little bit of a distinction, like I'm not black black. I'm African. And not to say that I'm ashamed of being black because I never have been. Like, I think it's beautiful. And I spent most of my childhood wishing I were darker, actually, um, because I just think I think dark skin is just absolutely gorgeous. But the more I sit in my blackness and I look around um, and I research more about racial inequality and racial injustice across the world... Um, I see that, you know, unfortunately, black people globally are the lowest rung of the society, not because there's anything that there's wrong with us, uh, but mostly because that's uh, this Eurocentric colonized uh, mentality that dark is bad. And the closer you are to dark, the worse it is for you, the worse you are inherently as a person. And my Afro-Latinos in particular, I would say, are uh, really uh, have really internalized this you see it everywhere but but i think we have uh, absorbed that nonsense and are wearing it proudly and it it, this self-hating business is just something that absolutely blows my mind the reality is aunque hablemos español even though we speak spanish when a police officer sees you, when anybody, when you're out moving around the world, nobody cares that you're Puerto Rican. Nobody cares that you're Dominican. Nobody cares that you're Panamanian. Literally no one cares. What they see when they look at you is a black person. And they te desprecian igual que los morenos. Like they don't, I don't know how to say that in English right now, but, um, you know, they don't appreciate you. They don't see your value. They do not think that you are better than or different than or whatever. They see black person and we all 
it is very clear from these last, I don't know, 400 years of U.S. history, (laughs) it is very clear on what that means to them. Uh, That means you are dangerous and you are not valued and your life is expendable. You are not deserving of all of the rights and accoutrement of U.S. citizenship that uh, other people are. So, you know, I would say, like, I am not trying to erase the fact that there are real distinctions between um, Black communities that have more recent roots in the U.S. and Black communities that have been in the U.S. for multiple, multiple generations. I'm not trying to discount that because it really is a different lived experience, right? And nobody is trying to make you do that. I think what a lot of our Black American brothers and sisters are trying to explain to us, though, is that, like I said, like you have your ethnicity, you guys listen to your Latin music, or you guys, you know, eat your West Indian Caribbean food. You guys do that. And I think this is less of an issue in the Caribbean community, the West Indian community. But, you know, you guys keep your culture. That's good. That's cool. We love it. But don't try and act like you are better than the Black American folks. Don't try and act like once you step foot on U.S. soil, all bets are off. All bets are off. As I mentioned before, we are pretty low on the social hierarchy and we are just as open to mistreatment because we are Black to literally everybody else. It doesn't matter where you came from who first gave birth to you, what language you spoke first, what food you eat at the dinner table on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, it doesn't matter. We have to be in this together and we have to realize that we are part of this, whether we like it or not. There might be distinctions and colorism distinctions wherever you come from, but the reality is, is that we are black folk. We are all in this together. We suffer the same mistreatment societal ills. Um, you know, I remember reading an article, you know, we, there's a lot of talk about black mothers mortality rate in the U S right. And it wanted to look at what the difference was between like black Americans who had been in the country for multiple centuries and, uh, for like basically descendants of slaves and those with more recent, uh, American roots. So it found that within a generation, I believe that the mortality and social outcomes were often similar. And why do you think that is? Take a minute and think about that. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's because there's something in the air in America? Do you think that it's because there's any distinction between you and the black American person? There's something in our blood inherently that means that we're going to die at disproportionate rates compared to white people? No. Because the same study looked at mortality rates in those people's country of origin, and they were very normal, on trend with the global averages. So that right there is attributed to just how um, little favor or gold star or brownie points you get for not being black black once you are in America. Anyway, uh, this is going on longer than I wanted it to. I wanted this just to be a few minutes, but uh, I feel really called to talk about this because I think, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of posts 
uh, on Twitter and Instagram for my Dominican folks talking about we're not the same, we're not black. Uh, my and then I know from my personal experience, Puerto Ricans have these same colorism issues, and I love I love my people. I love y'all. I love my Boricuas. I love my Dominicanos. Love you with all of my heart, my people. I hear your voices. I hear your like melodious sing song in Spanish, and like my heart swells with love. But the reality is, que nos estamos equivocando. Nos estamos equivocando. And I'm going to tell you one thing, whether you accept it now or you accept it when it is shoved in your face, we are the same. And the sooner we get on board with realizing that once we are in the U.S., we are no longer privileged, quote unquote, we are viewed primarily from the lens of being dark skinned people, the better we're going to have it because we're going to be able to lock arm in arm with our black brothers and sisters our black American brothers and sisters, we're going to lock arm with them and we're going to stand up and say, even if we are a little bit different, we love you and we respect you and we are all deserving of dignity and of the promises that this nation gives us as its sons and daughters. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Keep doing the work. Keep showing up. Keep trying to be better. That's all I have to say. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to the First Gen Realness Podcast. I hope you've left here feeling more sure of your Americanness, feeling a sense of community with your fellow first generation kids and holding your head high. I see you and I feel you. Until next time.